Welcome to The Joy of Aquatics. Now, today is a very special episode. Today, I actually have someone sitting in my office with me for the very first time, Sarah Morris. Welcome. Oh, Welcome you, to my Joy. office. We are 1.5 meters apart. Don't stress. <laughs> we are. We are. <laughs> now, it is a little bit chilly in here today. Sarah has her puffer jacket on and I have a beanie on and school has gone back as well. So there might be some cars and kids playing and school bells and stuff going on in the background. But we are going to have a cracker conversation. Now, Sarah is from Aquaculture in central Queensland. And I have been trying to speak to Sarah for a little while now about programming. Now, Sarah is a fierce advocate of her program. And she's very passionate about making sure that swim schools get really good programming out there for obviously the kids and for for parents as well. So I I thought it was really important to be able to speak to Sarah about what she does in her program and how it's different um, from maybe other people's programs. Now, there's a flip side to this as well. Quite often as a presenter, I hear teachers coming to me, I have teachers coming to me and whinging about the programming that they're seeing in their swim schools. And I always tell brand new teachers, you need to find a swim school with a program that you believe in. Try lots of different swim schools, find a program that you believe in. And I've always said as well that the easiest way to understand the progression of skills and how they should be taught is to actually sit down and write out your own program. How do you put all of these skills together so kids can come in as babies and then they come out, you know, maybe five, six, seven years later, obviously depending on the child, with all of these amazing aquatic skills that you've taught them. So what order do you put the skills in? Now, quite often I'm finding that teachers don't agree with um, the swim schools that they're at and the order these skills are being taught. And I have to admit, I have challenged a lot of teachers because I teach butterfly before breaststroke and I teach backstroke before freestyle. So I, I know that I have always challenged a lot of teachers with that. But I wanted to talk to Sarah today about how she has developed her program because I know she's very passionate about her program. She's smiling at me. (laughs) Um, I know that, Sarah, you've also just taken on a number of pools um, in central Queensland. So we've just survived our first season. Yep. Yeah, so part season, (laughs) almost full season. Yeah, short one month. Yep. So look, tell us a little bit about the facilities that you have and, and the swim schools that run within them. Yeah, uh, so we've just taken on through the three pools in Banana Shire. Um, so there's Billawila facility that has a 50 meter pool and a 25 meter pool, all outdoor. Um, and the 25 meter pool's heated. Uh, Mara, which I've been there for quite some time now, um, similar setup, just possibly prettier complex. And then Tarum is a very old 33 meter pool. Um, and a very different dynamic um, in form of the community because uh, very country country based, whereas both Billawilla and Mara have uh, a high mining resource influence, um, and so therefore the you get very different uh, people um, coming in the gate wanting different things. So even though they're still very country. 
<laughs> yes, I dare say the people in Billow might argue with you, but yeah, <laughs> some of them anyway. Um, so we've done, yeah, we, we've taken on those three pools. We've just finished our first season. We did a lot of a lot of learning and it came to an ab- abrupt halt with, um, with the COVID, COVID um, going on and that sort of thing. So, um, but I think all in all, we've learnt... We've learnt a lot. Our teams learnt a lot, and our um, and yeah, I think we did a good job overall. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> well, Sarah, how have you? Do you have the same program in all the facilities? Yes. So I suppose differently to uh, what I presume a lot of city centres have. Uh, I write the program and I base those the programming and the leveling on skills. And I will give my teachers the the skills that they have to teach and the order in which they have to teach them. It's then their job to personalise their lessons and make sure that they are communicating with each of the children um, and parents because we keep our parents in till age four. No excuses. Um, <laughs> so we keep our parents in for a long time. So learning to communicate with the parent and the children and being able to teach that particular skill in you know up to 25 different ways because of all the different styles of learning so my program is written um has been i have been perfecting that as much as i can probably over the last 15 years and um lots of outside influence joy and lacy um and just about anybody who i can I can get my hands on to teach me something. I'll always try and my best to take something away to improve, to improve that. Um, but essentially, my teachers are expected to understand the skills and understand how to get that skill to to come yeah. up to competency. Um, but it's up to them to teach it. Yeah, yeah. So, how did you develop your program? Ah, uh, trial and error, mostly. Um, I, I was really fortunate to have uh, good coaches that believed in foundations and uh, lots of practice, uh, particularly as I had my own, uh, own school, my own swim school and my own business and that sort of thing. I learned very quickly that my product needs to be exceptional um, to, get, to get results. Yeah. Then to, to get those results, you had to have a ginormous toolbox um, to be yeah. able to teach those skills out to each individual child and then you know by keeping the parent in essentially you've got to teach te- the parent, teach the parent and teach the child and then teach the unit so it makes it yeah. very um, you know those people skills are really important in in teaching yeah. um, and I think that so developing that program uh, essentially it started off um, from what I learnt as as a little swimmer um, back in Moree and then everything that I've learnt from there on. Um, and then I think I, I really identify a lot with Laurie Lawrence's uh, swimming program that he does. So I've done a number of his classes and I've booked my, my children into his program and, and gone down and experienced it as a parent and really appreciated what he did and, and those sorts of things. So... I um yeah I align myself very closely to with what Laurie Lawrence does. I think he I think he does a good job in the infants program. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. So have you taken um, parents into consideration in your programming? 
Yeah, well, absolutely have to take parents into <laughs> into consideration. They're the ones paying the paying the price for their their lessons. I do. I suppose uh, there's a very fine line. I think um, between pandering to what a parent wants um, versus knowing what the child needs. Yeah. Um, and that's where those yeah. people skills come in. So you need to have, uh, you know, and depending on your swim school, if it's, you know, if you're a single operator. Um, you've got to have those communication skills with mm. the parents and believe fiercely yep. in what you're doing. You know, like there's a lot of conviction in, in believing in what you're doing and genuinely believing yeah. in it. Um, yeah. So, yes, absolutely, you take into consideration of the parents because uh, we you can have those parents, those super overprotective parents, and then you've got those other parents that you're like, oh, you know, you can't actually drown your child. That's not good for it. <laughs> um, so, you know, you've got – and everything in between, you yeah. know, and then some people understanding their need um, and then believing in what you do yeah. and then finding that common ground – is um it's just essentially you're just convincing them what you're doing is the is the right thing because you believe it yeah yeah okay so what is it that makes your program unique well i'm i can't answer that i wouldn't know many other people's programs to know whether it's unique or not i know that i cop a lot of flack um from new parents to our program about having the children uh, the parent in the water until they're four. I know that that's um, particularly in central Queensland, that's a yeah. very, very different um, way of doing things. Um, and I must admit that we have lost families because of it um, for whatever reason. Um, However, uh, well, sorry, because they have to get in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, quite often the biggest non-believers you can, it only takes you... A very small amount of time for them to be biggest advocates. Yes, 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 absolutely. And they, and then they just they just sing your praises long after kids have you know gone off to boarding school or you know that sort of thing. They they believe in what you do, and I think that comes from passion. You know, like you have to. It comes back to that. You have to believe in it, and that's it's infectious almost. Yeah, they they tend to have Mm. confidence in you because you are so fiercely passionate about it and and it gets results yeah you spoke before about you've done a lot of learning (laughs) and you've (laughs) you've even to the point of you know sort of living in central Queensland you've enrolled your kids in Laurie Lawrence's program down south yes how much learning have you done around childhood development how much of that has gone into your programming not enough would be the, the um, other than what I've experienced personally, I have not so I have not sought outside data enough. I've just used my own personal experience with your kids. Uh, well, not even so much. So my children are nearly eight, and uh, no, she'll be seven in November. <laughs> um, so you know they haven't they've been they haven't been around yeah. my whole swimming career yeah. as such. But every child that I've taught, I've learned something from. Yeah. So um, I really enjoy teaching uh, those those difficult kids, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's sensory or autism, uh, behavioural, all of those sorts of kids. I really enjoy those children. Um, I've always enjoyed a challenge, so maybe that's where that comes from. But Well, you can learn... You, I've always found that you learn the most from the biggest trials. Absolutely. So when yep. they, when that, when the, when your student is so hard 
to connect with and to teach that's where our biggest lessons are really coming from so you've taken all of that experience and put it into your program and i think too yes yes to answer your question absolutely and i think that uh I, my home as a child, I, we had very strict boundaries and, um, you know, we were encouraged to think for ourselves and, and do and achieve. Um, but there were, there were very, uh, I thought that they were rules back then, but I'm learning or have learned as an adult, they're just values that we live by and you don't give up and there's lots of determination and, and those sorts of things. So if there's a child that comes that doesn't fit in a box and it's not easy, yeah, definitely drawn to those children and because we're both learning. Yeah. 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 Oh, excellent. <laughs> don't grin at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of people out there that haven't seen my grin, so <laughs> I can grin away. Oh, yeah, and they don't it's know. a beautiful grin. <laughs> um, Sarah, if a teacher was to come to you saying, look, I'm, I'm struggling with this program, I'm, I'm like, I don't believe in this, can you explain why, can you explain how, or they come to you with, with a suggestion, how, like, how best is it for a teacher to approach someone who's written a program? Now, I know you're a very special case. If someone, <laughs> if someone comes to you with a, with a question, I know you're going to sit down and, and answer with, with the answers. But a lot of, I guess there's a lot of managers and people that have written programs out there that will always see it as criticism. So I guess, one, how should a teacher approach um, someone who's written a program? And two, how should someone who's written a program actually respond so uh, yeah first part of that question how do you approach somebody about their program um i've found in anything whether it's work family friends you know always approaching with the positive is uh you know hey i want to make some time to talk to you about this program i'm committed to doing this you know really put forward that you you're interested in learning and not complaining you know, there's, uh, as a business owner, manager, that sort of thing, if you want me to to be involved and, and be really focused on what you're talking about, don't come at me whinging, you know, <laughs> don't come at me whinging. You know, like I like to think that I, um, I give my, all my teachers the opportunity to, to teach, I encourage them to come to me. You know, I want to know your feedback. I want to know what's what, what's working and what's not working. I know that particularly um, in one of our centres, that culture is very different now to what it used to be. So um, the teachers, it took them quite some time to adjust to that. But hey, a culture shock. Yeah, uh, yep, very much mm-hmm. so. And and the parents too, you know, yeah. we upset a great deal of parents with the changes that we made. Um, I'll go on again about that that four-year-old parents in the water, no excuses sort of thing. Um, but not only that, um, you know, I have a very strong belief in in strong foundations. So, um, you know, and it doesn't matter what stroke it is. They, they all have their individual foundations um, and we don't compromise on those. If your child mm. isn't competent at that, there's no moving you know they need more practice they need more play they need more you know information perhaps you know whether that needs to come from the parent or the teacher but that communication needs to be there so I think um, 
my passion as as a, as a program writer and uh, and then owning the swim schools and that sort of thing I think that uh, it's important that you can take feedback mm. because as much as you know we like to think that we're doing it right and we're doing it the best we can uh, there's usually room for improvement um, so I think uh, as a staff member coming to me and I again I'm yep yeah, it's I'm probably known for being a bit unusual. So, um, you know, I encourage it for right from the get-go. Um, as a uh, employer, I prefer to get my teachers green. I <laughs> send them to yours. I'm like, go and get into Joy's <laughs> our swim course <laughs> and um, come home and we, we will learn it and we will believe it. But we, I do a lot of, um, uh, like I try to do my best in communicating why my principles of my swim school are the way they are we do you know I try and discuss that with my staff you know it's definitely not a case of these are the skills you'll do it you know you do it however you want um and and walking away you know I need you I need to know that you understand because my product which is my swim school is important to me it needs to be at a top level but to answer your question I think um it's a, it's the same way that you you need to approach any anybody with um, you have to be aware that we put our heart and soul into making this program. So if you've got feedback, you do go gently um, because we do you know we think we've got it right. So it hurts our pride when you've pointed out that we've missed something. <laughs> um, but I think. Um, you know, if you're if you're in an environment where your feedback isn't welcome and it's constant, you know, and you've tried a number of different ways to speak with your superior to to make those changes happen, I don't think you're in the swim school for you. I think that yeah. you, you know, if you have the opportunity to to find a different swim school, uh, or you know, change change that sort of thing, yeah. then that's probably the answer. Um, but just like teaching, you can't do it once and expect it to be changed. You know, yeah. it, you have to try several different, several different ways. And um, but make make the time. Don't put people on the spot too. I think some, you know, well, that depends on the person. You're better yeah. off putting me on the spot. <laughs> You'll get an answer then. Um, but you know, sometimes like there's a lot of back of house work that I think teachers don't under, have a full comprehension of what goes on there. So. Uh, while it looks like we do lots of talking to different people and that, and not a lot else, there's a lot of work that goes on yeah. out the back and in our mind. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, if somebody says to you, you know, yeah, I want to chat to you about this, I just can't do it now, they're not fobbing you off. They can't give you the attention that you deserve. Yeah. So make yeah. that time, okay, cool, when can we do this? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm available whenever and, yeah. and then and make that time to sit down and 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 nut it out because you know in this industry there are so many passionate people if they if you can improve I'm sure they I'm sure they'll want to yeah yeah well you've spoken a little bit about your values and the values in your program what are your values what is it what is the foundation of your programming uh so in um in our programming um so the foundation skills, are, nothing's forced. We don't do anything out of force. Mm-hmm. There's, um, you know, for the infant program, um, n- yeah, nothing out of force. You, children needs to be safe and, and loved to learn. So yeah. um, it, 
forcing them and and or yelling at them or dunking them is yeah hugely compromises mm-hmm. what we believe in yeah um so we do lots of that and we practice 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 perfect practice um yeah so uh and short distances um so you know get those skills and the muscle memory happening so that those skills can then be strengthened and extended yeah um and right from infants you know uh, yeah uh, uh, cup conditioning which is again laurie lawrence but it's something that it's your first step every, yeah. every time and uh, it doesn't matter if you're six months old or if you're 96 years old um at the start that's how we learn because our feet are flat on the ground and we feel safe and we feel in control um and we can get out of it so yeah. it's giving the people the respect that they deserve whether again they're young or old um making them feel safe and making them realize that they are competent to do it and then build the confidence so would you say um respect is a value that you base your program off yes respect and and practice and determination yeah definitely Yeah. yeah never given up never ever never (laughs) ever ever (laughs) no Mm. now for those of you that don't know sarah she is a very determined young lady and yes you are a young lady i can i can definitely say that um and she's very straightforward very to the point she's she's not sarah's a lady who is not going to beat around the bush with you at all are you trying to learn to be a bit more gentle well see there you go you have it straight from the horse's (laughs) mouth that she doesn't believe that she's gentle and i'm not not gentle (laughs) just i've got it i need it it can do with some improving with with the children she's amazing she's absolutely amazing with the kids when she's speaking to adults she um, she can uh she can be a bit brash but well honest it's just (laughs) truth hurts sometimes yeah that's true that's true and i guess that's one of the reasons i really wanted to interview sarah because you have a way of looking at things that is so different to a lot of people that I've I've met before and you have a way of communicating that is very different it's very uh, yeah it, it's honest I there's, there's no other way I can I can put it other than I value that. honesty fiercely so that's a huge so, compliment I'll take it <laughs> yeah and I guess that's 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 another thing that we can look at as as teachers it's um our own personal values with what we've grown up are going to influence the way we teach. So, and anyone that's been to my behavior management conference presentation or has heard me speak about behavior management or my kids, my kids are sick of hearing me say this, but I'm a big believer in safety, education and respect. And with those three things, um, we're able to connect with people and teach with people and and those are the three things that that, to me they're human rights everyone has a right to be safe everyone has a right to an education and everyone has the right to basic human respect more than that you need to earn it (laughs) um so you're saying you would you would base your program off honesty respect and never giving up yeah some determination and i think um probably the other the other place that needs to be put uh and often you know we've all got our parents that are dreaming about their olympic swimmers 
I think some perspective sometimes needs to come into play that, you know, your two-year-old is not going to the Olympics next year, you know, or in four years' time. And yeah, probably not even in six. Yeah, <laughs> then, then not even in eight years' time. And I know that they are the most incredible thing that ever walked your earth. Um, and giving them the giving them the validation that their child is amazing, whether they can swim or not. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that though, that's those people skills that we focus yeah. heavily on. You know, our our customers and our clients need to know that we we respect their opinion yeah. and we you know and we respect their needs. And sometimes they don't always match up, and we need to connect the yeah. dots for them. But yeah, you know, it's a, it's very important that um, yes, respect. It just yeah. And, and your staff, you know, you, you need to, to respect each of them. Um, I certainly find that my leadership technique uh, comes naturally from a place of leading by example. I, I yeah, disagree with dictatorship. Um, so I think uh, because there's a, that lack of respect that comes with that um, and, and it doesn't make people feel safe. Mm. So no, it doesn't. Yeah, they do feel very out of control when someone else calls all the shots, and when they don't believe in it. If they, if yeah. you if they don't believe in it, how how are they supposed to convince somebody else in front of them? You know, your clients that they they believe it. Yeah. Know? So yeah, um, it's I th- yeah, it's a safe environment for for you, for your staff, for the people and the participants coming in. Um, we. Yeah, it's a it's a whole culture of the facility that you need yeah. to be concentrating on, and um, I know that sometimes the the dollars don't allow for you know the that maybe the concentration that it needs at that particular point, and I understand from a business perspective the um, the balance that needs to take place mm-hmm. in that. Um, uh, however, I think you have to do some like if if things aren't working. In your books, wise, it's highly likely it's a culture problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, culture is an issue. Um, I have a culture of crows outside that <laughs> don't like to leave me alone. I swear, as soon as I turn on this microphone, they are here. They're like, they just want to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. But yeah, culture can be can be a big thing. But and again, look, I say it to all the new swimming teachers coming through find a swim school where you fit um, because if you're not comfortable there you're not going to fit the culture there and going through a culture change for a company like if you're a swim school owner that is really hard we've done that here at a qualification and fitness we went from yes, I think about 25 staff yes. down to less than 10 um, and every time we got rid of someone someone else would step up into that role of just not being what we wanted for the company and yeah so we got rid of a lot of people in a very short space of time and had to rebuild so finding a culture that you're happy with and you're comfortable in and you feel safe in and safe enough to be able to go to someone and say can we look at the programming please um because and and maybe you know and like sarah you spoke about perception you know if if I'm looking from where we're sitting, if I'm looking at a six, you're looking at a nine. Absolutely. So sometimes it is re-education of teachers and, and, and of each other. When we first took over our swim school, shut the gate, um, we inherited five teachers. And they, 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 they like 
beautiful, amazing people, but they struggled to understand why I teach butterfly before breaststroke. So, you know, that became a lot about re-educating. And once they had taken a few kids through that level, they're like, oh my goodness, I see it, I get it. So sometimes there's a little bit of per perseverance in there that, that goes a long way as well. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Um, and, and look at that. I said, look, under 30 minutes and there it is. It's 2740 something. That so really fast. <laughs> it does. It always does. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, we will be coming back. I want to start doing, um, more, I want to start having more conversations around programming and the difference between what goes on regionally, what goes on in the cities, the differences between boutique swim schools and swim schools that have got over a thousand kids coming through the door wow uh, yeah i can't imagine being in charge of that i wouldn't want to be in charge of that I bet your wine bill would be high <laughs> <laughs> yes you might drink a lot of wine that's a lot of parents to keep happy isn't it and i know we have spoken with some of those people in the past with julia wood from park down in melbourne and um so i want to start trying to get some of those conversations happening so teachers can then have a bit of education about what type of swim school do they want to be in do, do you want to be in a swim school where you've got someone actually handing you a lesson plan and all you do is turn up look at the sheet and go well this is what i'm teaching and this is how i teach it or do you want to be one of those teachers that goes no i'm i want to teach the way i want to teach i want to be given skills that need to be done in this level and it's my job to get these kids through this level and then you've got a whole heap of things in between that as well so anyway guys stay tuned thank you for tuning in today or whatever day it is that you are uh, have tuned in and if you can't I guess happy swimming if you can but if you can't <laughs> happy creating because I know that's what a lot of us are doing right now 